1: Welcome to Sportsman Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are glad you are with us. A beautiful day here in the Mile High City. Just a reminder now, if you miss our live show on Saturdays, which of course is 1 to 2, you can catch us twice on Sundays, and that is from 8 to 9 a.m. And once again in the evening, 7 to 8 p.m., we will replay that previous Saturday show. So hopefully one of those times will work out for you. It is always a pleasure to have my good friend Sergio Alcazar in studio with us from ALC Global Adventure. Sergio Good to see you, sir.
0: Good to see you as always. Beautiful day, as you said, and uh, looking forward for today's show. We Man, I am too. Guest. And
1: I, I, if, if our guests could see me, I will stand up and bow now. You know, I mean, it is <laughs> a, a pleasure to have Mr. Craig Boddington on with us. And, uh, you know, back in 2012 when I started the show, I was thinking about, oh, who would I get on? And I'm telling you, this is a name I never thought I would say. Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Mr. Craig Boddington. How are you, sir?
2: Well, I'm good, and thank you, Scott. And Sergio, Sergio's a good friend, and, hey, it's good to be with you guys.
1: Yeah, Sergio and I, we just finished up a hog hunt about a month ago down in Texas and had a great time and uh, shot a bunch of hogs. And uh, Sergio made a – remind me, Sergio. 570 or something? 573-yard shot (laughs) on about a 60-pound pig. And, I mean, (laughs) it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, so we had a great time lucky shot. Sergio, what were you using for a shot like that?
0: I was using my uh, uh, Browning uh, Bolt Action 7mm Remington Magnum. Uh, I bought it about about 20 years ago. My grandpa gave it to me, uh, bought it for me, and I have a 20-year-old Redfield scope in there, 3x9, just a simple scope, but you know, lucky shot. But I also obviously I know my gun well, and uh, that's what I've been using that gun forever for 20 years. That's the only rifle I own, believe it or not.
2: Oh wow, what a wonderful shot!
0: Yeah, it well was done. awesome.
1: It was awesome. <laughs> of course, we're all like, "You hit it!" And he looked at us like, "Well, what did you expect?" <laughs> yeah, when you make a shot
2: like that, that's yeah. what you have to do. You just yeah. keep your mouth shut and look around like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> I could do this." All that's day right. All. that's absolutely, right. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Well, while you need no introduction, and wow, I'm sure um, the Wikipedia and the Internet is probably not even quite up to date, but just a few things I wanted to mention here. First of all, thank you for your service as you served in the Gulf War in Kuwait, and looks like uh, retired from the United States Marine Corps Reserves in 2005, uh, joined Peterson Publishing Company in 1979. And has written over 4,000 published magazine articles, authored over 25 books on hunting and shooting. Has been published in England, Australia, Scotland, Canada, Germany, Spain, and the U.S. And many awards. Um, you have won, and one um, man it's just really good. Is that Weatherby 2017 award? So congratulations.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of the big one. That's that's a, a good end of career award
1: yes sir (laughs) hey you're you're probably just getting started man it's not the end yeah and um so let's just take a minute we were kind of talking about this uh right before we started taping but let's just kind of visit just a second guys about man where we are in our country you know i mean there's a million areas we could go with that but looking at our hunting our shooting guns owning guns all that mr boddington Oh, any thoughts there
3: well
2: I, I mean obviously we've we've got some serious battles ahead of us so we've we've had a lot of battles in the past but uh but uh it's uh it's kind of heating up and uh, uh obviously the the foundation for everything is is our second amendment because uh if, if we don't uh if we can't keep our guns then we're not going to be going hunting and and uh so you, you know, and and I mean, this is not about this is not about politics. This is really about sure. about our way of life. Right. And uh, I I have concerns.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be a challenging year, and a lot of uh, politics going on. But we definitely have to pray for this country and protect that Second Amendment.
2: Well, and I I mean, honestly. Uh, I, I do believe the Republic will survive, but the Second Amendment is, is really, really important, and uh, we, uh, we, we've got to be strong on that.
1: Sure, absolutely. All right, so let's—man, when you talk about riding, first of all, um, that is truly a God-given skill. Um, how did you get—let's just kind of reflect back and how you got started all in the hunting industry, riding industry, how did all that come about?
2: Well, I, I always I, I always wanted to write, but when I was a kid, I really didn't know exactly what I wanted to, to write about. Uh, Dad was mostly a bird hunter, not a big game hunter, but I was mainly because in Kansas we didn't even have any deer when I grew up. But uh, I, I was always interested and, and actually fascinated, and uh, I started. Uh, gosh, I was in high school when I when I started. Uh, trying to write outdoor stories and sending them off to magazines. Now, I've, I've got a lot of friends, you know, colleagues, colleagues, peers, uh, other writers who will absolutely look you straight in the eye and insist that they sold the first story they ever wrote and never looked back, and uh, <laughs> I've, I've kind of got to call horsepucky on that. Maybe they're just better than I am, but I build up a whole boxcar full of rejection notices before I sold my first story, sure. but over time it got better, and uh, in 1979, I was really just off uh, my first go-round of active duty with the Marines, and Bob Peterson at Peterson Publishing took a chance on me and offered me a job, and actually, I've kind of been with those magazines ever since. Uh, Pete's long gone, and, and the company sold several times, but still the same magazines that I started with clear uh, back in 79, kind of a long time ago now.
1: Wow, that's amazing! Again, if you're just joining us, Craig Boddington is our guest, and it is a uh, super pleasure, personally and professionally, to have Mr. Boddington with us. Again, Sergio, thank you for setting this up.
0: Absolutely, and I was—I think I mentioned this to you, Craig, when I uh, hunted with you in Mexico—that uh, I started reading your articles uh, when I was a little kid. You know, uh, in the in the early 70s. Well, that's uh, it,
2: depressing, Sergio. <laughs> I was to say eighteen seventy
0: or nineteen no, no.
1: seventy.
0: Nineteen, nineteen. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I would buy, you know, the Peterson's Hunting magazine uh at at a store in, in Mexico City and I would read your articles and along with the other articles there. But I was fascinated with your writing and I would actually have a dictionary next to me and I would almost have to every other word, you know, so it's so English, right? And I was in Mexico, so I was just starting to learn English and yeah, it really helped me a lot, and uh, I learned a lot from your articles, and, you know, that really helped my English as well.
2: Well, Sergio, it, it must have it helped a lot, because your English is better
0: than mine today. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Mr. Bond, when you get, get into, uh, you know, the hunting of it, I mean, how did you start out? Just, just your your local kid is uh, deer hunting and things like that, and then it just grew into all the you other know, things? I, we
2: were we were quail and pheasant hunters really because uh we because we didn't uh, in kansas we didn't have a deer season until i was a teenager right uh deer were declared extinct in the state of kansas in about 1925 and there weren't any at all until after world war ii so we didn't have a deer season when i grew up but but i was fascinated uh dad was mostly a shotgunner but uh Uh, when I was uh, uh, an early teenager, we started going to Wyoming for uh, antelope and mule deer. And, you know, that's kind of a funny thing because so many people in the U.S. kind of grow up with with good hunting close to home. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I didn't. So uh, we started having to travel. We went to Wyoming. We went to Colorado and a couple other places when I was very young. And... uh, Hang on, just a sec, dog.
1: Oh, that's uh, all right. We love dogs. But, uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> we started traveling when I was a kid, and you know, it kind of got in the habit, and and uh, never got over it. So I I started uh, going different places, and uh, uh, of course, you know, that didn't start right away. But uh, uh, after I after I got full time with uh, Peterson Publishing, then uh, that was. To some extent, it was part of the job, or at least that's what I claimed that was my story, and I stuck to it so I've been lucky I've been able to do a lot of what we all love to do and in a lot of different places
1: Wow, so what's been among your favorite I mean, if you had to say, "Wow, when I just think of all that i reflect back on this one particular hunt, has there been one no uh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: you know i'm I'm asked that a lot, and I, the the my standard answer, and it, because it's really true, is is the best hunt is either the last one or the next one.
1: Absolutely, uh, they're all wonderful. Yes, sir. some
2: are uh, a little more exciting than others, uh, but but it's it's all wonderful. And uh, last year, Sergio and I hunted down in Tamaulipas, uh, and uh, like I said, I grew up with quail hunting, and and I didn't know that there was a place on earth that had as many wild bobwhites remaining as what we saw in Tamalipa Sergio it was it was fantastic i mean that was a memorable hunt and uh, we got in a couple of days of really awesome duck shooting too but but i will never forget uh, that quail hunt because that's what i grew up with but we're in Kansas and really in so many places today the bobwhite quail are, they're just gone today there's a few but but nothing like what I grew up with, and so it was, boy, it was a wonderful thing for me to see that there was a place where the Bob Whites have, have been able to persist and do so well.
0: Yes, Tamaulipas is a wonderful place, and I really enjoyed the hunt with you, and definitely we have to go back again. Uh, Las Palmas treated us really well, and uh, the wild quail the wild population, I mean, we were flushing, what is it, 12, 14 coveys in a couple of hours in the afternoon, remember? <laughs> I mean, we
2: were. I mean, wow. every, every 100 yards we were into a new covey. That's not true, but certainly every 200 yards we were into a new covey. I, I just had no idea there was any place that had a population like that. They are completely wild birds. No, no planting, no augmentation, uh, just some good management and obviously ideal conditions for them. How are our friends doing down there? Are they doing okay?
0: They're doing wonderful, yes. In fact, the other day they wanted me to say hello to you. I told them about the wonderful uh, convention that you put together. Um, as you said, you know, when when Lively gives you uh, lemons, you make lemonade. And you did, certainly, because uh, the conventions were canceled. And uh, you have that wonderful uh, endorsed outfitters program that you can talk about. And uh, I attended a couple of the events. And Really, that uh, virtual convention mm-hmm. helped a lot of the outfitters that Craig Boddington represents. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, so I, I hope
1: it did. Yeah, tell us about Sergio, that.
0: Sergio, as you know, uh, everybody's been hurt by this
2: pandemic, but the, but anything travel-related in any way has probably been hurt mm-hmm. worse than most businesses, and and we've got a lot of outfitter friends who are in
4: serious trouble.
1: Sure. No, absolutely. I mean, it has. Um, You know, been devastating to a lot of um, guys that we uh, hunt over with in South Africa, Bushman's Quiver Quality, African safaris. We've been over there three or four times. And, boy, when you've, you know, you've got the deposits in, you've got people booked, uh, everybody's set aside the travel schedule and all that. And then, boy, you can't go it just is devastating for everybody plus you can't get to go well, hunt. And they, yeah
2: <laughs> their their entire country was closed down and and it's not over i mean south africa is open now but but canada is not right and so we've got this wonderful other other half of north america to the north of us and uh, uh we can't go there and there's sure. a lot of great hunting and fishing uh up there uh, and uh you know they they do game management exactly the same as we do, but uh, uh, we don't even know when is going to reopen.
1: I know. No, you're 100% right. Once again, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Sportsman of Colorado. My name is Scott Watley, Sergio Alcazar, a good friend of mine uh, for a number of years now is in studio with us, ALC Global Adventures, and it is our very, very, very Good privilege to have Mr. Craig Boddington with us here, a few minutes today. So let's let's kind of talk about this neat this program that you've developed to kind of uh, your approved outfitters and kind of how that came about and what that means to us as a client if we go on and book with one of your approved outfitters.
2: Well, you'll find it on on my website at uh, CraigBoddington.com, uh, the outfitters page, and uh, these are we, we do not arrange hunts. Uh, Sergio does does that. Uh, uh, but Sergio is is one of our members. These are these are all folks that I've hunted with, and and folks that I know and trust. And for years and years and years, these are the folks that I've been recommending to my friends. You know, they say, well, where should I go for this, or where should I go for that? And I say, well, why don't you call and, uh, so and so? And so a friend of mine in Montana, uh, Conrad everts and I got together, and we decided that, well, why don't we kind of just make a group and and uh, we call it Craig Boddington endorsed Outfitters, and mm-hmm. that 's what it is. These guys are all people that uh, that I trust and send my friends to
1: well that 's a great deal and Serge now we talk about all this all the time because. Um, I'm sure, like you said, if, if you've been hunting any length of time, you've been somewhere that wasn't quite what it was represented. <laughs> and we try to keep people from those and, uh, uh, you know, and, and letting everybody, you know, know about places that we've been to, just like you said, I mean, we've hunted with them. We slept in the bed, so to speak. We ate their food and, uh, hunted with their guides. And that's, that's the kind of endorsements that, that we love. And I know for you to put your name on it, uh, we can put a put a good stamp on that that's going to be a good experience for us
2: well and you know i mean obviously word of mouth is is the very very best advertisement in in almost any business but now the truth is nobody knows all the good guys and there's a a lot of great outfitters so you know if you're planning a trip you, you need to look around and and the other thing is you know what sergio thinks is perfect and what i think is perfect may not be exactly what you think is perfect so you know you've got to you got to be smart about this business you've got to you got to really know what you want you've got to know what you expect you've got to know what you're looking for and and you've got to do your homework you've got to ask the right questions and and make sure that you're getting the answers to the questions that are are important with you i mean you know i personally Although Las Palmas was kind of special, but I could care less about about a really nice lodge or accommodations. I'm perfectly okay uh, in a leaky tent in the rain. Sure, but not everybody is.
1: No, so right. you,
2: you have to know what your expectations are.
1: No, that, that's a very very good point. And. Uh, and hi, we highly recommend everyone to go. And, of course, here in Colorado, DORA, the Department of Regulatory Agency, oversees Outfitters, so you can check with them as well. And if you've got somebody you're looking at, hey, give us a call. If Sergio and I do not know them does not mean that they are not a good company because, uh, as Mr. Biding just said, uh, boy, a lot of great ones out there. But we'll just try to help you make sure that you're going to um, have a good experience. And, you know, Sergio, I just had a guy write me <laughs> the, uh, this, uh, this last four season elk Well, I went and I didn't get a shot. Well, you know what? You know, unless you're going on a high fence hunt or the elks in the backyard, that's called hunting, not shooting. It, yeah. it is. Yeah, that,
2: that happens even in the best of families. Sure. In the best places, there there are no guarantees. You know, all an outfitter can really do is is have an area where the game you're looking for is is there. Uh, the outfitter can control the accommodations, he can control the food, he can control the logistics, uh, he can show you a good time, but he can't guarantee the weather, and the weather is what's going to be the make or break in a a lot of situations. But no outfitter can control the weather, and no outfitter can control game movement. Uh, You can have normal trends, but, I mean, you know, how many times have we all heard Gee, I, I wish you'd been here last week. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's or, right.
2: <laughs> dolly, are you sure yeah. you can't stay just a couple more days?
0: I know.
1: And
2: mm-hmm. sometimes you can, and sometimes you can't.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I'm also looking forward uh, for our hunt coming up uh, in the jungle of Mexico uh, in another Me month or so. Wow. Yes.
1: Tell us about that, Sergio.
0: Well, I mean, we're going to be going down to uh, the Yucatan Peninsula, and uh, we will be hunting uh, in the state of Campeche, Mexico, and uh, basically, uh, for me, it's the first time I go to, to the to the jungle to that part, so I'm excited. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, good <laughs> yeah. well, we're going to have fun. That's yeah. great. Wow. That is correct. Yeah. And you have been there several times. If you want to talk a little bit about that.
2: Well, I I have the the Yucatan Peninsula is the the uh, uh, the bottom end of Mexico, and it's. Uh, it's probably the most unique habitat in north america it's it's a genuine tropical jungle it's it's altogether different the uh, the wildlife is different the birds are different it's uh it's just a whole different deal from anything else in north america it is beautiful uh it's different uh it's tough is nothing easy about it but it's absolutely magnificent and there's some really cool animals in that jungle that you just don't find anywhere else what what we'll be looking for is the little brocket deer, and uh, a lot of people don't even know about it. It's uh, uh, oh, about the size of a of a whitetail fawn, if you will. They're they're uh, about 40 pounds at at full growth, and have just very short spikes for antlers. So it's it's not a terribly impressive animal, but it is a unique North American deer, and uh, I've I've hunted them before. There's really two. There's the gray brown and and they're very, very difficult to get. Uh, the one I'm looking for is the red brocket. I think I've tried three times. Haven't seen one yet. Uh, but there must be ten gray browns for every one red, and, and the gray browns are plenty tough enough. So wow. you know, I don't have any huge expectation. But Sergio, we're going to give this a try.
0: Absolutely, uh, Mario is a great guy. You're going to enjoy his company. He's looking forward to having us and. His success ratio has been, you know, definitely above average for, for these very difficult deer. And and I have to correct myself. I have been to, to the Yucatan Peninsula, actually, and uh, I harvested the white tail of Yucatan. But I haven't oh, been specific. Cool. But specifically, I haven't been with, with Mario in that location we're going. So that's what I'm looking forward to.
2: Oh, cool. That'll be wonderful fun. And, you know, it's, it, it is different. You're going to see how we're monkeys up in the trees o- above you and the... the so tropical birds. It's uh, and of course the, the big business down there is the oscillated turkey, and that's mm. that's really the primary quarry for a lot of hunters. The oscillated turkey is a gorgeous thing. They really look kind of with blue feathering. They really look a little more like a peacock than than uh, our turkeys up here. But I mean that's the primary game down there. But uh, but for me the little brocket deer is is fascinating. I think of them as probably the most difficult thing to hunt on the North American continent. And uh I say I've I've been beat on them before, so <laughs> but I always go into a hunt saying, hey, it's going to happen.
1: It's going to happen. We're going to give it our
0: best, that's for sure.
1: For sure. Um, it seems like a lot of things have changed, switched over, a lot of long-range shooting now. It seems like you see a lot of guys wanting to shoot, you know, 1,000, 1,200 yards, all this stuff. Um, we all grew up, you know probably shooting less than 300 for the most part uh any thoughts you have on kind of way the industry's going a little bit with these long-range rifles
2: well yeah it, it, uh, both good and bad uh we've got more more accurate rifles right now than than we ever have uh uh certainly the capability is there and and you know inexpensive over-the-counter bolt actions are really on average uh Uh, have the kind of accuracy that was very exceptional when I was a kid. And and a huge development, too, is we've got so much better optics than we used to. We've got fantastic scopes and the very, very precise dial-up reticles. So we really do have capability that was virtually out of reach when I was a kid. Now, you know, I love to ring steel at long range, and, and I always set my hunting right. You know, if I'm going sheep hunting or elk hunting or Something where a longer shot might be required. I, I set my rifles up so I can absolutely shoot to six or seven hundred yards, but sure, uh, I don't shoot at game at that distance. Uh, have I? Sure, but but that's not something I seek. Uh, uh, for me, when you get way out there, the chances of, of wounding an animal are are just too great, and you know you can you can have the correct data on the rifle you can have everything right but very very difficult to be absolutely certain of the wind and while you can judge the wind where you are uh, (laughs) the wind can be altogether different where the animal is and the wind can be different between you and the animal so uh, I won't say exactly what my limit is I kinda have a limit Uh, but let me just say when I was a kid and we didn't have rangefinders. I mean, today we have perfect knowledge of range. So, yeah. when I was a kid, four hundred yards was a darn long shot.
1: Yeah, no and kidding.
2: It's still a far poke, uh, but with the equipment we have today, you know, provided the wind is is reasonable, uh, four hundred yard shooting and maybe a little bit beyond that is is well well within capability. But I'm I'm not one of these guys that shoots at game at seven eight nine hundred yards. I just i just don't do it
1: right right do you have a fa- favorite uh sergio says his is a seven millimeter there you got a favorite rifle of yours uh that you use quite a bit
2: well it, it, it depends all on on what i'm doing uh for the for mountain hunting i, I generally use a uh uh either a 300 weatherby or a 300 winchester magnum uh both are cartridges i've used for a long time and i'm i'm familiar with uh I think we have better cartridges today with, with more modern case designs, but uh,
0: I kind of stick with what I'm used to.
1: Yes, sir. Yeah. That's that's the best way to do it, isn't it Sergio. That's right.
0: Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, and uh, are you working on uh, any new books right now, Craig? I, I kind of am.
2: I, In fact, I finished, uh, finished the first draft last week. Uh, this will be my 30th book. And... Uh, it was kind of on a book break, but we had no convention season this year. And so a few months ago, I, you know, you, we could all see that coming. So sure. a few months ago, I got to thinking, gee, I really ought to have a new book for the 2022 convention season. So I got to work and I've been working really hard. In fact, I'm not sure I've ever worked as hard as I have the last couple of months, but this is kind of a fun book because it's uh, just real simple. It's uh, favorite rifles and cartridges, and in other books, I've, I've kind of talked generally, but I haven't really spent a lot of time talking about exactly what I like the most, and you know, that's, as you just did, that's a question I get asked so frequently, well, what's your real favorite? And I haven't really put that into a book, into a book. so this time I have, and uh, I don't think it'll be my last book, but I'm probably running out of books.
1: i doubt that (laughs) so um mr bonington how do we keep um well i'm so just afraid that if looking at the hunting licenses the way they're going uh for the youth uh so my question is how do we keep our youth involved in the outdoors you know and hunting and shooting and all of that how do we do that
2: you know that that really is a tough one, but the the, the only real answer is we got to get them to the field. And uh, uh, you know we do have one good thing going on; it's the only bright spot that I can think of, really. And we got to we got to keep the ladies out there too. That's mm-hmm. that's the fastest growing part of the shooting sports, both shooting and hunting. Is is the uh, the growth in women hunters and yes. women shooters and that's a that's a real plus so yeah obviously we have to take our kids hunting, but the truth is uh with our increasingly urban society, a lot of kids are going to be hard to reach and and opportunity is is one of the biggest problems but uh, uh, i think it's it's a wonderful thing that so many women are becoming attracted to shooting and and to hunting, and they are a fast growing segment and uh, uh I think this is a really good thing and I think that's probably our salvation
1: Yes, sir. I, no, I fully agree with you. We've got a couple of great guys in archery here. In archery, they have just seen an uh, overwhelming growth uh, in female shooters as well. And, um, and I tell you what, it always seems like they can shoot pretty well, too, whether it's with a bow or whether it's with a rifle. I think, I think it's maybe because they listen a little bit more than we do as men, but uh, I have found most of them to be very, very good at what they're doing.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, they don't uh... – they don't grow up with this macho image. Uh, Women do listen, they pay attention, and uh, they really want to do things right. And, uh, you know, guys, I mean, the truth is women shoot better than men.
0: Absolutely. Yes, sir. And I know for me, my hunting buddy is my daughter. I mean, she's 18-year-old. Her name is Chloe, and both of your daughters are very involved in the hunting industry. In fact, my daughter actually follows them on in, uh, Instagram, and oh, good! And you know, and I know that your your daughter uh, Brittany puts uh, something very interesting right every year in Texas for
2: yeah. She's doing uh, about four sessions now. It's called She Hunts, and uh, she's got a website out there. But uh, she puts on adventure skills camps for women, and and. Uh, She's doing about four of them a year, and and uh, they bring together really women of, of all ages and experience levels, and uh, teach them outdoor skills—not not just shooting, but but everything from uh, field dressing to game cooking to first aid to uh, 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 rifle shooting, and and uh, uh, it's a tremendously action-packed week-long curriculum. She's done it for. Uh, oh several years now so it has quite a few alumni out there and and really a lot of fun my wife donna and i both go to most of the sessions and teach a few of the classes and uh, it's fantastic
1: wow that's very cool we'll have to tell you what sergio you tell chloe to come in here and we will uh call his daughter and we'll let chloe interview her about she hunts how's that absolutely oh, <laughs>
0: that would be a very good program absolutely uh,
1: absolutely well, Mr. Boddington, I'm telling you, this has uh, been a real ple- uh, pleasure for us. We certainly want to respect your time and all. But any any closing thoughts on anything you have for the sportsmen out there?
2: No, uh, 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 this is going to be an interesting year, but no uh, doubt. the vaccine's getting out there. So I think we're going to have uh, uh, a lot better year ahead of us than we did this past. Uh, it's going to take a little while, but, uh, but I'm positive and I'm hopeful. And. Uh, I can't wait to get back in the field.
1: Well, hey, I know you and Sergio are going to have a great time, and uh, hopefully uh, I'll be able to have the privilege of crossing your path one day as well and get to meet you in person. But we certainly appreciate you being with us here on Sportsman of Colorado Radio.
2: My pleasure, and thanks for having me, Scott.
1: All right. That's Mr. Craig Boddington. Check out the website, CraigBoddington.com. And, hey, if you're looking for some great outfitters, uh, you can check out craigboddington.com and look at his approved outfitters and check with Sergio as well at ALC Global Adventures. So Sergio, thank you again for setting this up, sir.
0: Thank you. It was a pleasure as always. And thank you so much, Greg. It was a pleasure. And uh, we'll see you soon in Mexico.
3: Look forward to it, buddy.
0: Thanks, Emil. Thank you.
1: You're listening to Sportsman Colorado. We got to take a short break and we'll be back with more right after this. KLZ's
3: Personal Injury Attorney Kevin Flesh of Flesh & Beck Law offers a free consultation because he doesn't want the cost to stop you from talking to a lawyer. Suppose you had to pay a few hundred dollars for your initial consultation with Kevin Flesh. Instead of having a productive conversation, you'd be worrying about the money the whole time. Then, suppose you don't retain him. You realize you don't need his services after all, so you wasted your money. It's too much pressure. Kevin wants you to feel comfortable talking to a lawyer without the distraction of a fee. Call Flesh and Beck Law now at 303-806-8886 and schedule a free consultation with Kevin. He'll be able to tell almost immediately whether or not you even have a case. Kevin always tells people honestly when they shouldn't hire him, so you'll leave the conversation better informed without wasting your money. Talk to KLZ's personal injury attorney for free at 303-806-8886. Flesh and Beck Law.
1: Hi, this is Scott Watley for my friends at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. And not just my friends, but truly, the staff at Lone Tree feels like part of our family. Since 2002, they have provided the very best care for our pets. What we love about Lone Tree Vet is the services they provide covers all of our needs. From preventative care, dentistry, pain management, cardiology, dermatology, and eye care, as well as emergency and critical care. They also offer veterinary surgery and orthopedic care. And when you need to get away, they have a fantastic boarding lodge and a cat boarding lodge that is amazing. If your pet gets to go along, they can even assist you with your travel health certificates. And when your dog needs a little extra instruction, check out the K9 Academy. They helped us so much when we got a new puppy last year. And then, of course, there is a spectacular grooming salon that you and your pet will love. All of this and more at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. Oh, and check out the blogs to help you become a better parent at LoneTreeVet.com. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they believe that all pets deserve to have a good life. Call 303-708-8050. That's 303-708-8050. It's just one stop and all the care you need.
2: Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560.
1: Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado again. Thank you so much for joining us. Just a quick reminder now, if you miss our live show here on Saturdays from 1 to 2, you can catch us twice on Sundays, and that's from 8 to 9 a.m. And once again, the evening from 7 to 8 p.m. Well, glad to have in studio a new guest for us. We have the, uh, under new ownership, is uh, the Meat Cleaver, which uh, a lot of our hunting folks may know out there is great meat processors, and Lucas Watson is with us today. So, Lucas, thanks for being with us today.
5: Absolutely, Scott. Thanks for having me down.
1: Well, it was uh, recently uh, we met, and, uh, boy, I always believe in, hey, there's no mistake in meeting somebody, and, boy, who knew? We were kind of in the same industry of the outdoors.
5: No, yeah, that was perfect. It was great to bump into you down at the the local butcher shop supply store, and you were picking up some knives they had sharpened for you, weren't exactly, you? Exactly, yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, I heard you got to use them this fall, too. I did, I did. So, yeah, yeah. that was really, good. really good. All right,
1: All right so, uh, boy, game processing, so much we could talk about, and uh, so much, um, you know, depends on you getting us an end product to how we treat the meat in the field so we'll do some future shows on this but the main thing we want to get out today is just you know about the meat cleaver you know what all you guys offer there and um you're kind of branching out on a new deal here with beef and that's something we're going to talk about today
5: yeah that is correct you know this past year has been quite a rodeo you know taking over a meat shop and um learning all the ins and outs of wild game processing but um i'll tell you it's been a joy and um, being able to take over these relationships from our uh, customers and suppliers and everyone who the meat cleaver does business with has has really been a joy absolutely
1: right okay so with this beef side of things and we're gonna be talking about wild game uh, later on in the year but for the beef bison things like that
5: yeah absolutely so you know we <laughs> we were sitting around the round table in the office and we said to ourselves, well, we have an empty butcher shop for six months out of the year and some, some great cutters with some good history around the shop cutting beef. And um, we said, why not? Let's open our doors for a little bit of custom cutting on the beef side. So. We're, we're in the thick of it now, about 30 days into um, our first um, cow on the cutting table, and it's okay. been a blast.
1: Because, man, it's been – I mean, through this whole COVID thing, it's been a nightmare, you know, for just places to be open, <laughs> number one, okay? But then where do ranchers or individuals go that maybe have some bison or, or beef on their property?
5: You know, absolutely. That's a great question. And, you know, with the with the corona pandemic coming around, you know, folks are really thinking about their food, right, and um, mm-hmm. some food security that, the, you know – Um, stewardship and and cleanliness of their food and we have a lot of folks coming back to small town ranchers buying a side of beef and um, that's some big business right now you know with with some of the bigger cutters at reduced capacity we found that you know smaller and mid-level meat cutters are just overflowing with book dates and um, a couple have closed down here in eastern Colorado so um, there's plenty of beef to be cut out there and we just want to open our doors and serve folks where they're at.
1: Well, I went on a little tour yesterday. You were kind enough to take me through. And, man, just watching the artistic ability of those cutters back there, just cutting that meat up. And, man, it just looks so (laughs) Great. Right.
5: <laughs> you know absolutely yeah, I, yeah we, we always have fun just walking through the cutting room and and seeing what's in for the day but you know the beauty of it is and i know you know this scott but you know cutting up a cow hasn't changed much in the past hundred thousand years mm-hmm. right um you know meat is meat is meat if it has four legs and um can can roll around we can probably cut it for you guys so right. um yeah beef, beef's no different and um it's been a very fun learning curve to get our knives bloody absolutely
1: all right. So let's kind of talk through the process. Someone's listening and they're like, man, so we can call you and we can get a beef butchered. Uh, let's kind of talk about the process. I mean, they call you guys and then um, how do we animal slaughter and all the things like that and then getting it to you.
5: Yeah, absolutely. So just a, a quick rundown of kind of where we add value in a process. Um, we get a lot of calls from ranchers saying, hey, you know, I need, uh, I have some customers I sold this beef to. We need a custom cut list for them. And um, we'll book a date here in the next month or so to you know get out after they get their brand inspection and and um, we'll actually take our mobile slaughter unit out to their ranch and save the ranchers a trip to the the butcher shop and and we'll go out and slaughter on property bring the meat back to the shop and um, work with their customers to fill out a cut list and of course let the meat age for a couple of weeks and get some good cuts on it and then the customer comes to our shop and and picks of the product.
1: Right. And there's a lot of government uh, regulations that regulate stuff. So we're kind of talking within about a two hour time frame from Denver where you can go out with your mobile unit. Uh,
5: yes, sir. Absolutely. So um, <clears throat> our uh, our legislation under a custom exempt butcher shop is we need to work with a two hour time radius from our shop um, on Tennyson Street in Denver. So, you know, thankfully that gives us a, sure. a good run of the state of Colorado, you know, um, especially out east. and um, yeah, so that two-hour time window is is what we look for when it comes to transporting the meat back to the shop. and um, But really, wherever customers want to come and pick up their meat from, we're glad to serve them.
1: All right. Once again, Lucas Watson is with us. It's the Meat Cleaver. They're located at 5334 Tennyson. The number is 303-458-7563. Again, 303-458-7563. And this has got to be, I mean, I just think, man, if I was a rancher, the last thing I want to do is haul, you know, a bunch of beef um, somewhere. So for you to be able to come out and take care of all of that um, and to just think now, we don't hear the word available now with this COVID thing. We hadn't heard that in a year, but people can literally call you today and you guys can pick a date and come out and take care of it for them
5: absolutely you know being kind of that the new boys on the block with cutting meat um we have an open calendar and that is unheard of in eastern colorado right now so yeah give a give us a ring at the shop and nick or i will answer the phone and get you on the calendar
1: okay great now so you get it back there and then let's kind of talk about the, the the process then of then how long does it take me to get it back
5: no, absolutely. So, you know, all the cows that come into our shop will have at minimum a two week hanging time in our coolers. And um, that's very industry standard for that's beef. Correct. And um, from there, it'll make its way into the cutting room and end up on the table and get some knives on it. And, you know, in that two week time period, we have a little bit of flexibility to, you know, sit down and chat with customers about exactly what they're looking for in their beef product, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, folks buying a side of beef is kind of resurging a little bit, we've found. um, We're doing a lot of it for the first time for folks, right? So, you know, having the time to really sit down and walk them through, hey, how do you cut up a cow? What do you guys want? What do you guys use? What do you usually buy at the store? Um, And how can we steward your meat for you? Mm -hmm. Um, So you guys can use it to um, the best of your ability. And those are always fun conversations to have. But yeah, in that two-week hang period, that conversation with the customer usually happens. And um after it's in the cutting room we're ready to roll and you know kind of a holdover from our our wild game season we have a awesome specialty menu and folks really like with the beef the beef jerky the beef summer sausage um, and the sticks as well and so sure. those are always really popular coming in coming into the beef as well
1: right now when it comes down i mean you can do all this right you can have you know great chunks of meat you can have the great cuts comes down to packaging and then how long it's going to be in the freezer too, right? So, I mean, kind of talk about your packaging process.
5: No, absolutely. That's a great question. And probably one of the most frequent questions we get from customers is all of our product is vacuum sealed in three mil bags. So, um, and that comes standard, no extra upcharge on that. Um, We find that, you know, that lasts in the freezer forever, right? Mm -hmm. Package properly, meat just lasts. Um, And so, you know, whether you're buying for a big family, a side of beef in the next six months, or you know, you guys want to stretch that out to even a year or two. I mean, yeah, all that product lasts in the freezer very well.
1: Right now, is there a limit? So let's say we've got a rancher listening. He goes, "Hey, I got twenty cows. I need to
5: (laughs) get to you." I mean,
1: is there so many a a day or a trip? I mean, how would that work if somebody has quite a few they want to
5: get? No, great question. And you know, our philosophy at cleaver is more the merrier, right? We're not gonna we're not gonna say no to beef. That's a hard thing to do. So, you know, typically with a day of um, slaughtering on site out at a ranch, you know, we can get four or five done in a day. So. And um, we've worked with a couple customers um you know uh you know doesn't head of beef and upward and you know we'll usually tack out on monday tuesday wednesday to you know be out at their farm and um, do some slaughtering
1: sure now bison is really big too here in colorado absolutely and I mean, bison is awesome if, i mean folks if you've never had it get some bison because i mean it's awesome but uh so you can do that as well.
5: Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, we're working with some folks, um, you know, around the state to to get some cutting days open for their bison. And um, you know, we just had one in the other day that the hanging weight on it was just over a thousand pounds. And and we cut these Jeez. big old tomahawk steaks for the guy. You know, they were like three feet long. And <laughs> uh, I mean, just one of the coolest um, cuts of meat you can see. And um, I think he was really pleased with that. So it was a good time cutting that bison.
1: Gotcha. Now. You just do from the processing end, or if someone want, wants to buy some beef, can they? I mean, do they do that through you as well? Yeah, or,
5: you know, okay. we're, we're more than happy to um, get folks in touch with um, a farmer and a rancher who's going to suit their needs. You know, if folks are taking a look at, um, you know, grass-fed, grass-finished, um, some different sizes there, or, um, you know, grain-fed, grain-finished, or really anywhere in between. You mm-hmm. know, we, we work with a wide enough variety of folks where we can point you in the right direction when it comes to um, you know, the quality, the feed, and the price point that customers are looking for. So. All right.
1: so folks, again, two words you hadn't heard in a while available now. All right. All you have to do is call 303-458-7563. And uh, Lucas and his team there can take care of you. Again, it is the Meat Cleaver located at 5334 Tennyson. And uh, I mean, you guys have a great reputation for a long time. And I know know. anytime you know, of new ownership hey you want to take all the great things they were doing in the past and then bring some new touches to it and have some great happy customers
5: absolutely you know we're, we're really just a, a crew of young guns a motley crew who love getting out in the woods hard and and hunting our hunting our buns off for sure so Um, Anything we can do to spend some more time in the field and cut some good meat, we're about it.
1: Sure. And locally owned and operated. I mean, so that's, hey, let's support local business here. You know, we can all go to the stores and buy stuff, and we've talked about this before. You know, you never know where it comes from. And, hey, uh, these guys know the ranchers that they're dealing with and all. And so, again, it is Lucas Watson, Meat Cleaver, four Tennyson, 5334 Tennyson. Again, the number is 303-458-7563. And, Lucas, we'll look forward to getting you on some more. And then as we move into the big game season, talking a little more about hunting and stuff too.
5: Absolutely. I love it, Scott. Thanks right. for having me Thanks around. so
1: much. You're listening to Sportsman of Colorado. we got to take a short break, and we'll be back with more right after this. Is your vision stopping you from enjoying your outdoor activities? Hi, this is Scott Watley for Stack Optical. Get by Stack Optical today and check out the Stack Sports Pack. One great frame where you can easily interchange the lenses to the tent you need for golf, bike riding, shooting, fishing, and yes, even driving. Stack Optical, family owned and operated. They're fully staffed and ready to help you with all of your optical needs. From eye exams, glasses, contacts, and yes, even repairs. And rest assured, Stack Optical has taken every precaution to ensure your safety and that you have a clean environment. 2233 South Monaco Parkway. 303-321-1578, call them now, 303-321-1578, stackoptical.com. And remember, at Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Hi, Jack Corgan for Len Lyle
2: Chevrolet. Len Lyle Chevrolet is open and safe. It's truck month, and they have the best deals of the year on all trucks and SUVs, like up to $10,000 off on half-ton Silverados. Or come check out the all-new Tahoes and Suburbans for 2021. Len Lyle has been there for 35 years, and low overhead really does mean low prices. Check them out on the web, LenLyleChevy.com. Go east and pay the least. Chevy. Find new roads.
1: This is Scott Watley for my friends at Phoenix Weaponry. Phoenix Weaponry is proud to announce their new 10,000 square foot facility is now open in Berthard, Colorado located at 504 North 2nd Street. With this expansion, Phoenix Weaponry offers a new retail area and expanded gunsmithing in Duracoat and Cerakote areas. Family owned and operated, Phoenix Weaponry offers the finest in competition, hunting and long range precision firearms also suppressors from 22 long rifle to 50 caliber for rifles pistols and shotguns phoenix weaponry also offers gunsmithing services and restoration repairs from antique to modern firearms building your firearm dreams into reality that's phoenix weaponry call them now 720-340-2496 or visit them at phoenixweaponry.com
6: we don't normally think about our garage door until it's too late a spring breaks and right when you're running late for that very important appointment you jump in the car push the remote your door doesn't open don't let that happen call Marianne at Affordable Door Company today and schedule your garage door inspection at Affordable Doors they are able to offer same day service in the Denver metro area as well as free estimates With over 30 years of experience and with over 26,000 satisfied customers, you can be assured of a pleasant experience when you deal with affordable door company. Call Mary Ann now at 303-680-8440. That's 303-680-8440. And to see a complete list of services, visit garagedoorproblems.com.
1: The Outdoorsman's Attic is Colorado's very own outdoor gear consignment store. From live bait to goose decoys, from sleeping bags to Sitka gear, you'll find it all at the Outdoorsman's Attic. They offer a great selection of new and pre-owned hunting, fishing, and camping items, and you'll save 20 to 60% off retail. And if your firearm needs cleaning or some work, see Scott the gunsmith at the Outdoorsman's Attic. And if you've got some gear you want to turn into cash, head over to the Outdoorsman's Attic, located at 2650 West Hampton in Sheridan. Let them know you heard about them here on KLZ 560.
2: Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560.
1: Welcome back to Sportsman Colorado. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to wrap up today's show with our good friend Austin Parr. Now, normally we will have Austin on at the beginning of each uh, each segment uh, every Saturday with our fishing report, but um, we're going to, him in here for the last few minutes today. So, Austin, thanks for being with us, sir. How are you?
4: Doing great, Scott. Thanks for having me.
1: You bet, man. I know you guys are busy on a Saturday, so I sure appreciate your time. All right, uh, discount fishing tackle there, 2645 South Santa Fe. Uh, first of all, let's give us a little fishing report. What's happening around?
4: So, we're in a real big transitional time at the moment, especially along the front range. Ice at the moment on anywhere on front range lakes is getting to be sketchy. Uh, definitely using caution. Coll- if anyone's going out there, use as much caution as possible. But I think that probably this week will be about the end of front range ice for the most part. But we're going to be seeing some good open water here soon. People definitely need to be thinking about catching some walleye on the shorelines on some of your rock faces on both uh, smaller bodies of water as well as bigger bodies of water. We'll have some pre-spawn activity coming up pretty soon. But we also still have some really good fishing up in the mountains right now. Granby has still been fishing quite well. A lot of your darker colors of tube jigs have been really productive there. Uh, And then places like turquoise have still been good too, but definitely a lot of slush on many of those lakes. South Park Lakes are actually beginning to pick up a little bit better as far as action. Uh, There's a good middle of the uh, ice season lull there. It wasn't that good for a while, but 11 Mile and Antero have both been doing a lot better as of late. Uh, but more of your natural colors of jigs, and rather than your bigger tubes, like we'd be fishing for the lake trout, you definitely want to downsize quite a bit there and go more toward your 164th ounce and smaller tungsten jigs. Small tubes and darker colors can be good. And then ratzoes and some of the motor oil colors, all tipped with millworms or waxworms, have been uh, pretty productive, actually.
1: Absolutely. Now, the current fishing license everyone's been holding in their pockets, they expire when?
4: It's actually, actually, there's been a total change on that this year, and I think it's for the better. But if anyone's had a fishing license, it's going to be good until the end of March. Now, typically, with big game structures over the last couple of years, you're allowed to purchase a new license uh, starting March 1st, but it wasn't available to be utilized until April 1st, but they've changed that this year.
1: Okay. So, if you
4: uh, the license that you purchase on March 1st is good on March 1st and is good for 13 months till the end of March. So if anyone has been waiting to buy an annual fishing license, say they've moved here and I've been waiting on residency or anything like that, Uh, starting next week is a great time to purchase it because it will be valid and and good for 13 months.
1: Wow, that's pretty customer-friendly, huh?
4: (laughs) I like that. Yeah, Yeah, it's a lot better as a licensed agent, too, because I don't have to tell people, okay, you can buy this, but you have to hold it and you can't use it until April 1st. But that is simply not the case now, and I think it's a great move by Parks and Wildlife.
1: No, absolutely. All right, man, I know your store is jam-packed with inventory, but what's some hot buys you got going on right now?
4: So at the moment, we're getting a lot of our open water uh, inventory in. I still have plenty of ice fishing stuff, so if anyone's looking for that, I'm going to go ahead and keep that up for about another month or so here. But we're seeing a – we're going to have a new line of St. Croix rods that are going to be coming up and available on uh, the 19th of March. I'm going to be the only dealer in the entire Mountain State region to carry these new victory rods from St. Croix. Um, So those guys I'm pretty excited about right there. Uh, that'll definitely be worthwhile, but to pair those up, we've we'll just got a nice new order of Shimano's in, which have been very challenging to get your hands on. So if anyone's been looking for a new Shimano reel in multiple different price points, I now have a good supply of baitcasters and spinning reels uh, available that we had not previously had due to supply chain issues, but they are now here. Uh, so if anyone's looking to pair up a new combo setup, I'm chock full on Daiwa's, Shimano's, and uh, St. Croix-Rot's.
1: All right, our guest is Austin Parr. It's Discount Fishing Tackle. And uh, what about your uh, personal guide trips? What are those looking like?
4: Yeah, so I'm going to be starting those up in the springtime here. I'm uh, going to actually be waiting on a new Lund boat to be showing up here hopefully soon, but that's going to be pushing me back a little bit with also supply chain issues. So we're going to be uh, most likely starting those guys in April for a good lead core bite coming up here.
1: Okay, great. And one thing that's good, really good about your store is, I mean, the experience there, What you hate going to some of these big box stores, and we I think we've talked about this before, and, you know, they are just not familiar with what they're selling. And it's great to come in your store because every guy there, man, knows what they're talking about and has the, uh, we usually say, in-field experience with hunter, hunters, but they have the on-the-water experience, don't they, to really help yep. us out.
4: We can certainly help out, and uh, all these type of techniques that we talk about on the show all the time, we can go in-depth on all that. We can talk about exactly all of the hows and the whys and the wheres. So on whatever you're looking for, whether it be fly fishing or conventional fishing or ice fishing, we are more than happy to get anyone dialed in on that
1: all right well austin hey man we appreciate it and we'll look forward to a little bit longer segment with you next week but man we appreciate your time and folks get by and see austin 2645 south santa fe discount fishing tackle promise you they'll hook you up no pun intended with some great deals there and also if you're looking for a good guided trip go with austin and i promise you you'll have a great time there as well so austin thank you very much sir
4: Thank you, Scott. I
1: appreciate it. All right. Thank you. That's Austin Parr, Discount Fishing Tackle. We want to thank all of our guests today, but mostly thank you for joining us for Sportsman of Colorado. Hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you next week.